And now, from beyond our dimension, this is the Jeff Mara Podcast. Here's Jeff. Today's guest is Ash Perro. In 2016, Ash had an NDE where he experienced himself become ripples moving out in all directions. And now we're going to learn about it. Ash, thank you so much for joining us and welcome. Thanks, Jeff. It's a, yeah, an honor to be here. Well, thank you. All right. As you know, my audience loves to hear about near-death experiences. So if you don't mind, can we start on the day yours happened? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I might start the day before. So the day before I I went into hospital to have spinal surgery and I I had discs in my back that were deteriorating and the the surgery it was complicated but you know it shouldn't have led to what happened and during the surgery they had to slightly move some veins and one of the veins tore lower down in my groin and because it was down lower in my groin they didn't know and so they sewed me back up and sent me back to the ward and during that night i was i had a lot of pain and i was pressing the fentanyl button the painkiller and the nurse was like oh it's okay you know and so i kept pressing the button and the next morning the physio came to get me up and when I sat on the bed, I looked down and my leg was really swollen and it was about double the size that it normally is. And I said to him, it's my legs not normally like that. And he said, it'll be okay. Let's just get you up. And so I got up and I suspect that maybe the vein tore more. Um, And within 30 seconds or so, I'd collapsed on the bed. Um, He then pressed the red button on the wall and the medical team came in. So, and, you know, it was very, very quickly I realised that this was really serious and I couldn't breathe. They attached, I don't know what they're called, like the electrode things on me. Um, I had no pulse. My blood pressure was very low and I was saying, keep your eyes open, stay with us, stay with us. And I had this realisation that you know, I'm, I'm dying. And it, it, was, it was like this disconnection from my body at that point where it's like, oh, it was like the observer, oh, I'm, I'm dying. And the last couple of things I remember is looking at the physio and thinking literally like he looked so scared and he was, he was young. He was just out of university and he just looked so scared. And I thought, you know, this is a very Australian term, but it was like, you poor bastard. And, you know, Australians say that when they, it's like empathy. And he he was standing in the corner, very pale. And I said to them, call my partner, call my partner. And and then I just started to go. And for me, I I heard them say his blood pressure is 52 on 36. And then I, 
went black and just became ripples. And it was like if you drop a pebble in a pond and the ripples go out and I went out infinitely in all directions. And the I was really surprised I could still think. It was like I had conscious awareness and I was, I was like, oh, I didn't. I just, I thought that, you know, if I blacked out, like I, I had always thought maybe death was, was the lights just went out. That was it. Or maybe we get reincarnated, but I never really thought about that process. The ripples were going out and I was the ripples. And I started saying, I want to stay. And I then started going through the people that I wanted to stay for. I want to stay for my partner and my partner, we had a blended family and I was like, I want to stay for the kids. And each time I said it, the ripples would just keep going. And I got to this point where I felt a warmth come over me. And I said, I want to stay for the work that I do and walk the planet from my heart. And the instant I expressed that, I came into my body, opened my eyes, and they had a pulse Um, because I'd lost so much blood. I was just, it was the level 11 torturous pain. And, you know, I was moaning and screaming because the pressure on my organs from the blood being trapped inside my body was excruciating. Um, but I had this awareness I was alive and there's in that phrase, I want to stay for the work that I do. I had like this download of images and the images were just me being myself and sharing myself. And so since the NDE, that has been the work. The work is to be myself, share myself, walk the planet from my heart. And I, I've taken that as a contract. Like if I didn't have that insight, I believe I'd be dead. And so the thought processes afterwards was, ah, this happened. I thought I was living from my heart, but I wasn't truly living from my heart. And what I was doing was basically self-sacrificing for everybody else. And the things that I truly wanted to do, I wasn't doing. And the dreams that I had, I wasn't doing them. I was facilitating everybody else's dreams. Um, so, which, you know, I find myself, I, I do that a bit now. I help people do the work that they want to do and, and facilitate that. However, I'm still living the life that I want to live in that process, whereas before I wasn't doing that. And I've realised that, it was fear. And in the past five years, it's been an exploration into how my operating system runs. So I got to experience being a being without a body. And then coming in, I'm like, ah, oh, okay, I have all these thought processes and emotions and and things like that that have been running my life. And my heart wasn't the guide. And so since then it's been being 
the guide, like the heart being the guide. And that's what I follow. And following the NDE, like I, I had heard about Anita Majani and actually I, I saw her speak at a Wayne Dyer conference. And I thought I would come back from my NDE and, you know, become this sort of enlightened super healing being. And what I came back to was suffering. I like a week in ICU and, and more medical complications and coming out of hospital and my partner and I splitting up uh, two weeks after I came out of hospital, mm. which, you know, our relationship had got to, you know, our relationship, we cared about each other, but it, it was the last sort of two years had been really, really difficult. And I remember one of the medical complications was I developed a massive blood clot in my leg, which went from my abdomen down to my ankle. And when I got home, I we had this book, which was like a metaphysical book, like, you know, reasons you know, reasons beyond the physical why physical things happen. And I opened it up and the first sentence said, this client has, no, this client is in a relationship that has, has fulfilled its purpose. And a week and a half later after that, we split up. And, and that was a really difficult time. And so it was like I went through six months of, of being cleansed and and scraped clean of what my life was like before so my partner I split up then my daughter and I moved out and started again and and I was very ill it took me eight months to get back to full-time work and now when I came out of hospital it was right at Christmas time and the you know, most of my friends and the the, the therapists that, that I had relied on and things like everybody was on holiday. And so I went through this experience of, of feeling quite alone and having to face all these things. Um, yeah, so a um, powerful change in my life. Well, I first want to say thank you for helping us out by being on my podcast and sharing your experience. Thank you, Joe. Now, you say you're, you had this rippling out feeling. Do you think it's like a feeling like once your spirit left your body or your consciousness left your body, it's like your consciousness was able to just expand and you're not constrained within a body anymore? Yes. I feel like it was consciousness expanding and I was consciousness. And... Mm. I feel like there wasn't a separation between me and the ripples. Mm. I was the ripples. The ripples were me and there was still conscious awareness. Mm. And that's been a life changing experience to go, ah, without a body, I still exist. Mm. How do I make the most out of this body that I'm in now and this physical experience and the people that are around me and, and the experience of being on, on the earth and nature and, Things like that. While you were in that black space, the void or whatever you want to call it, did you feel any emotions like happiness, peacefulness, undescribable love? I feel for me, like I've heard lots of people's experiences. I feel for me it was like, I feel like I went in, but 
didn't go in as far as other people have gone. Mm-hmm. And I almost, I feel like I went in, there was the lesson that I needed to learn in this lifetime and it was mm-hmm. given to me. And then it was like, okay, out you go. <laughs> now it's time to go and, and do that. Right. So, so I didn't, I didn't feel those kind of things that other people have talked about like that. Does living from your heart mean living with your passion or what you're passionate about? For me, living from my heart is, is listening to intuition. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's other words like, you know, higher guidance and, and things like that, but it's listening. It really involves me listening. And there's been times, say, for example, how I hurt my back in the first place was I'd been on holiday for a couple of weeks camping and surfing every day and I didn't like my job and it was getting closer and closer to going back to my job and my back was getting sore and sore and the morning before it was time to go I was standing on the edge of the water and the surf was amazing it was big and there was nobody else out it was perfect and I heard this voice say to me if you go out right now you will hurt your back and I said, bring it on. <laughs> like that was, a, that I literally said, bring it on. And that, that action led to my NDE. Mm. And so I started paddling out. The second wave, I went to duck dive. I popped two discs in my back and then had to turn around and paddle back in. And, you know, the pain was so severe, I could only paddle with one arm. And when I got to the edge of the water, I stood up and I couldn't even take a step. And I was just stuck there. And I didn't listen to that intuition that clearly told me, if you go out right now, you hurt your back. And, and I was even arrogantly defiant in going, okay, I don't want to go back to work. I want to hurt my back. Hmm, interesting. And... Yeah. Yeah. And so for now, for me, living from the heart, he's like, I have these messages that come. How do I optimize my life so that I listen and then I can act on them? And if I don't act on them, it leads to suffering. Do you think it's possible that you made some kind of contract before this life to be doing certain things and you weren't following that contract and that's why you were about to not come back until you made that realization that I'm going to walk from the heart and then you were able to come back. Absolutely. And so I love that Middle Eastern Saint Muktav, it is written. And it's like, for me, it's like our lives are written. Whether or not they get executed on what is written is up to us. And it's like we come with potential, we come with gifts, we come with these abilities and it's up to us if we act on them. And I really believe that I wasn't acting on, on that, that possibility and that the insight that I had was here's this opportunity. And so since then it's like, ah, how can I explore human potential? How, how do I explore how my mind prevents me or tries to prevent me from moving forward and how my mind tries to keep me safe when 
you know, we're living in, in an age where we're actually very safe. If you don't mind me asking you a personal question, do you think your experience made some kind of change within you that you realize that, hey, this relationship is not really walking from the heart as well and you decided to get out of it? Or was it your partner's desire to get out of the relationship or a mutual thing? I think there was almost like neither of us wanted to get out of the relationship, but we wanted something different. And we weren't, you know, the gifts that we were able to give each other, we'd already given each other. And that we were trying to hold on to the relationship where it had served its purpose. Do you feel like you have any abilities after this experience that you didn't have before, like clairvoyance or anything mm. else? I, they were already there. Like, I feel like there was abilities there. Like I would have dreams that would come true and it would be like, I would have a dream that would possibly even be a warning. Like this change is about to happen in your life. And then I would reflect on that and then the change would happen and I would be prepared for it. Whereas if it had have just sprung on me, I might've reacted in a different way. So things like that were already happening. And so I feel like those, those abilities were there, but I hadn't refined the skill of, of listening and so now it's my, my life is very much structured around doing my work, which you know includes music and includes coaching and includes working for a brilliant company and, and things like that. But there's space and I put space in there so I can listen and be more connected to myself or my higher self. And so I used to be a school teacher and I was used to doing classes one after the other, and you'd go from one class to the next, quickly eat your lunch and keep going. And when I left teaching, which was last year, I was doing the same thing. I wasn't giving myself space because that's, you know, that's how I'd habitually been trained to work. And what I do now is I give my space between clients and between sessions and give myself lots of space so there's time to ground listen, be connected to myself with the, with the intent that each interaction I have, I'm bringing myself to that. Now that you're living the life that you wanted to, you know, with more living with your intuition, walking from the heart, are you so much more satisfied in life? It's phenomenal. Like the, the difference is phenomenal. And the learning around about the mind and how the mind tries to keep us safe and puts up these invisible doorways that that the reptilian part of our brain is trying to keep us safe and so i was in that safety zone whereas evolutionary wise new things and new experiences and expansion and creativity and so now i live that way However, in the past, I wasn't aware that I was living different to that. If you don't mind me asking, do you feel like you're even more financially more successful now than you were before? Yes. Yes. 
And I think part of that is that I value myself and, and because I'm giving the gift of myself more, I'm becoming more aware of what those gifts are and, and people are reflecting that to me. And yeah, so I can definitely see that there's, there's a change in, in attracting financial abundance and also backing myself to do that. Can you tell me about the ways you've changed personally since your experience? I'm much more aware of my emotions and much more able to see them passing. There's a brilliant meditation, which I first learned years ago, which was leaves on a stream and that emotions are just these leaves passing by on a stream and you just watch them go past. And so in my interactions with people now, there's much more of the observer seeing those emotions pass through and not getting sucked into them and not believing that they're the truth. And my discussions with people and my friendships with people and my ability to connect and have conversations with people has increased exponentially. And, and prior to my NDE, I think I, there was a lack of trust in myself and I didn't want to be around people as much. And you know, even for example, straight after my NDE, I let very few friends come and visit me in hospital. Whereas if I was going through that experience now, I'd be inviting as many friends as possible. Mm -hmm. Come and see me, come and see me. And there was a belief there. I had to do everything on my own and pushing people away. Whereas now it's like, ah, if I was in hospital, I would want multiple visitors every day. Besides the physical stuff that you had, did you have any other negative after effects from the experience? It's a good question. I think after the experience, there, there was real challenges because I had this new contract to live by, but my conditioning wasn't used to that. And for the first six to nine months, it was very, 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 very challenging because I had to learn how to communicate, learn how to, to be vulnerable, learn how to express my emotions and, and learn how to, to be alone, learn how to stand up for myself, learn how to be independent. And, and so it was literally you know, like I literally did suffer for, for a long time. And it, however, you know, I have this saying, suffering is the doorway. And, you know, even, even so, for example, if I'm meditating and there's a point in my body that becomes uncomfortable and painful, if I stay with that discomfort, it opens up and my consciousness expands. And I feel like in life, like suffering is a doorway and being present with suffering creates the opportunity to know the suffering, know ourselves and expand. Mm, that's interesting. So do you just 
become aware of your suffering or try to become more aware of your suffering at present time and just try to sit back and notice it and and not try to change it but accept it and see if it passes there's a lot of that there's one is like acceptance can be really difficult and so sometimes it's accepting that i can't accept and so and the you know the ego or the judge that that we have tries to tries to keep us safe and you know historically if we were in a tribe and we got kicked out of the tribe we would die in the jungle or the desert or whatever it might be and so our brain has been built to ensure our survival which means for example keeping the one identity not changing from a teacher to a musician or from from a retail worker to an artist because of what will people think which is like we're getting kicked out of our tribe and so there's a meditation i can do where it's like close my eyes explore the emotion like a scientist like what what's its texture what what's around the edge and not try and make it go away because if i try and make it go away it will stick so for example you know anxiety people getting anxious about feeling anxious mm. it's because it's i'm rejecting anxiety whereas if i'm present with anxiety it will change and it will pass through whereas if i'm judging that it should go away the anxiety is going to stay and that takes me out of being present with the beauty of what's around me if you were feeling anxious you would just kind of try to think to yourself okay well i'm anxious i'm just going to kind of be with it and see what happens and not try to change it yeah but one thing you know there's a few different things one is just observing that i'm anxious oh okay i'm anxious and then moving on and with the anxiety sometimes it's like oh, i'm anxious what was i just thinking about and and that's i find that gets easier and easier with having that space in my life where i'm more connected to myself and and have more space to be connected to what's happening with my mind and the other is if it if it just won't go away what is underlying this anxiety once i see that there can be freedom in that so for example here in sydney we're in lockdown and you know this lockdown has been more militant than any other lockdown we've had so there's police in some areas there's the army there's helicopters and when that first started i was really angry and anxious and and what i realized was after sitting with it for a few days was this is coming from my childhood where i went to a school that was very strict and you know the teachers were allowed to hit the children and things like that and so i had this rejection of what i perceive as like a over the top authority and having that insight then enables me to be free because it's like oh i have that anxiety around in lockdown again and and feeling like there's being freedoms taken away i have anxiety around that ah oh, okay that's all that is mm. and then there's freedom in that how have you changed as a musician 
since your experience? I noticed within a couple of months that my songwriting became more authentic and I started writing a lot more from my personal experience. And before that I might've been, you know, trying to be fancy, like, you know, trying to have it all, all lined up and all the words matching and, and rhyming and having it all like this beautifully crafted jewelry box. Whereas now it, it's, there's more awareness of like it's the emotion and it's the message and whatever whatever drops in in that listening, that's enough. And so these days I record a lot more at home rather than using music studios and I there's almost this sense that the song is enough as it is without me having to to make it fancy to bring people in. And there's a lot more consciousness in my songs. Like, you know, it's, there's authenticity, authenticity around breakups or around emotions. And so, for example, at the moment I'm working on a song around doubt because it's like, oh, when I doubt myself, I then don't step into what I want to. And that can be a really personal thing to communicate in a song but we all walk around with doubt and so I've learned that once again being myself and sharing myself in song is a gift to other people and that's why I'm here is to be a gift to other people as well as well as myself as well and you know being myself and sharing myself is an amazing gift to myself and things like you know doing a YouTube video is being myself and sharing myself. And that's a gift. And that brings me such fulfillment. And I didn't expect that I would. What do you generally write about? Sometimes I'll wake up and a song will be in my head. And so, for example, a, a friend was passing away and I knew I woke up and there was a song there. And so there's a song about a friend passing away and just wanting that friend to stay. Um, I haven't released that one yet. There's, there's a song which I recorded with a duo that we have called the brothers calling and it's called give me the grace. And it's literally about give me the grace to sit with what is here now, even though I might be suffering, give me the grace to sit with this and know that I'm actually part of a greater whole. And that I didn't have songs like that before. I I wrote lots of fun songs and I still write fun songs, but I guess now there's this deeper, deeper trust in what I'm experiencing is okay to share. Do you find it's easier to write songs since your experience? Definitely, definitely. Um, it's and you know, and something that's helped me as well with with that has been exploring plant medicines, like you know, medicines that have been used by indigenous people for thousands of years, and that's helped me connect to my creativity and and break through like some of the the 
the limitations that I had in thought. And, and it's almost like my experiences pre-NDE were all about how do I fit into these boxes and post-NDE, how do I expand? How do I spread out? And and I found yeah some I found some plant medicines that really help to give insight and and create those neural pathways to expand. Are you suggesting they're plants like ayahuasca? Yes, yes. So, like ayahuasca, um, psilocybin mushrooms. Um, there's also like atom, animal medicines, mm. um, such for example like DMT with with the toad of light. Um, they're the ones that come to mind at the moment. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's there's there's research that even our great most popular religions came from those experiences and that ceremonial experiences from the ancient Greeks into the early Christians and onwards were using plant medicines to give people an experience of God and an experience of of expansion and the afterlife. And the Greeks were very much about experiencing death before death. And the way that they enabled people to do that was using psychedelics. I've had like three guests that I think have had an NDE-like experience just from DMT. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's... You know, there's there's a fantastic book called The Immortality Key, and he he's never experienced psychedelics, um, but a research a researcher in Greek classical literature, and he saw some research from Hop something University. What's that? Hopkins Maybe University. John Hopkins University. Yeah, John Hopkins University. And he, what the people in that research were describing about their therapy through through psilocybin, he then connected that to some literature he'd read in ancient Greek literature. And then he spent 12 years researching. And what they found too is chalices with remnants of psilocybin in them that were used in ceremonies. Hmm. To, to for, so people can experience death and awareness of themselves without the the human ego. It's interesting that you mentioned ancient Greece because I was reading about today from Plato's writings about an NDE from a fallen soldier. You know, two thousand years ago. Mm, mm. Yes, and there's so I think it's called Eleusius. Eleusius. Yeah. Yeah, so Elysius was a sacred place and temple where for 2,000 years people would go to have this ceremonial experience. But to talk about that ceremonial experience meant death. You were not allowed to speak about what happened there. However, you were allowed to allude to it. And so in in Greek plays and, and things like that, there's these you know, metaphorical descriptions of of these ceremonies with, with psilocybin and, and people experiencing dying without having dying. 
and many of the great Greek philosophers have have been. I'm not sure if there's evidence or it's it's surmised that they were connected to Ulysses. I think when Plato was writing about it, it was an Armenian soldier, and the soldier saw like either you went to heaven or hell. Like if you've done bad in life, you went to a bad place. Maybe mm-hmm. those writings took place from them, you know, working with psilocybin, like you're talking about, and he just wrote it into his book or his writings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's um, it's a really interesting piece that you know that those plants were giving, you know, the the idea that they were giving people an experience of God, and it's mm-hmm. it's a very controversial one. Um, but it, it's really interesting that that's how people were writing about it thousands of years ago. Yeah. So if people want to find out about your music, is it on iTunes mm-hmm. and, um, or do you have a website if they want to check it out? Mm-hmm. So I have music on all the music streaming services and you can also go to my website. Um, you can buy it from there. The physical CDs are only through my website. Um, and I do something which is pay what you want for my music. Hmm. And so a streaming service, they pay between one thousandth and six thousandth of a cent per hmm. stream. So, you know, for a small independent mu- a musician, a thousand streams is worth six cents. Yeah. And, you know, so, yeah, I encourage people to go to musicians' websites and, and buy music directly from the musicians because, Streaming's great for exposure, but it's definitely had a negative impact on most musicians' incomes. Wow. What is the name of your website? Uh, it's just ashpero.com. And I also have my coaching services there. So I, I work with people that want to step into creating a life that they love. And I also run workshops and working on a course that I can release because I'm finding that, you know, surprisingly for me, but so many people are interested in what I have to share and I'm fulfilling that NDE contract, which is be myself, share myself. And it's really surprising me what's happening in my life. Just having that, that contract. I found you on YouTube and I'm sorry, I forgot your YouTube channel name. What is your YouTube channel name Uh, again? Yeah. So my YouTube channel name is just Ash Perro. Ash Perro, yeah. okay. And what do you? What kind of content do you post there? Well, up until recently, it's just been music, and I posted my NDE experience on there, and been astounded by how many views it's been getting in comments, and and how people have been moved by that. And so, I've just released another video talking about um, my experience with having a stillborn daughter and the lessons that I, I learned from that. And my intention is that I'm just going to keep sharing more of myself and, and putting things insights up there and, and ways that people can work with themselves to live a life from their heart. And I feel like that's like my contract is leading me to having expertise in living life from my heart and that, there's so many similarities between humans that 
it's important that I share that and I want to provide opportunities for people to be able to grow. I feel like there's a lot of songs you could write about just from your NDE alone and the Mm -hmm. after effects and the things you've learned from it. Like, I mean, just a song about expanding into the universe, some kind of Mm. vague song Mm. or a song about, you know, just a relationship going as far as it can go and moving on and and there's all kinds of opportunities there. There is. And I, I have a, so the duo that I have, The Brothers Calling, which is also on YouTube, there's a song called I Was Lost, and that's on all the streaming services. And that was the first song that I wrote coming out of my NDE. That's the first song that was written and recorded. Mm. And I was lost. I was in this relationship and it wasn't working. And she cared about me and I cared about her. We, we cared about each other deeply. And so the song is about that initial breakup and that both of us was were lost and that the, the the main line is I was lost and I can't go back. Mm. And, you know, there's that, that element of, you know, love, but you can't hold on to it. And that the most beautiful thing for both of you is just to let go. What other artists do you think you sound like? My, I think my, my idol, I was just talking to my wife about this, this week, my, my idol is probably a, a Canadian man called Harry Max. Hmm. And he plays slide guitar. He, he's a conscious human and uh, you know, entertaining. And, and I think that's somebody that's uh, quite aligned to. Um, I wish I knew him, but I don't know him. The first musician I think of when I kind of think maybe what you would be doing is like Leonard Cohen. Uh-huh. Yeah, I've been getting that. Like what I've found is when I've been singing, I've been singing quite low mm. and I'm actually exploring singing higher, but I haven't got anything ready to release yet. And so I have a song that I I wrote one morning with my daughter and she was wrapped up in a blanket and it was a, a wet, drizzly morning and we were just sitting together and I picked up my guitar and I literally streamed, downloaded this song from consciousness. And so I've just recorded that um, and I'll release that in a couple of weeks. But And that's that's in that very low register. And what I've learned recently with my singing coach is like that's where I was safe a few years ago when I started singing after my NDE. Whereas what I'm capable of now technique-wise is a lot higher. And, and that's, it's, it actually takes a lot of effort to sing low. And so that's, you know, stepping into that fear of going, okay, my identity was this, a low singer, I'm going to move up into a higher register and, and challenging that fear. So there's, there's a good exploration there. The music always, I always say that, you know, creativity isn't about creating the products. Creativity and sharing creativity is about, learning about ourselves because it's one thing for me to create something beautiful it's another thing for me to put it out there to others after this podcast people may want to reach out to you and ask you questions or share with you are you a public person and if so what's the best way for them to contact you best way to contact me is via my website which is ashpero.com 
And I also have Instagram. Facebook I don't use so much these days, um, but Instagram's probably one that I use. I also have a, a music streaming channel where I do live streams, which is on Twitch. And that, once again, is Ash Perro. Um, but, yeah, definitely if you Google my name, Ash Perro, you'll, you'll find me. And um, yeah, I'm happy to answer questions. And if you see any of my YouTube videos, please feel free to post them on there because I learn what people are interested in. And also other people often have the same questions. And by putting them on my YouTube channel, I can answer them there and other people can see the responses. Are there any of your songs that people like more than others that you weren't expecting them to like? You know, it's kind of a throwaway song for me, but people are crazy about that song and I don't know why. Yeah, I have a song called Give Me the Grace, which isn't recorded under my name, but it's, and that was the first song I recorded and released singing post NDE and it's it's simple but and the message is simple and it's amazed me and you know I have other friends who are musicians and they they're singing that song and and they request that song and and audiences seem to love that song and my my judgment of myself is like ah I'm not a good singer you know all those things but that song it just has something for people and it it followed doing a, a workshop on the white essence. And so in Sufi tradition, the essences are these aspects of our personalities or our being. And the white essence is that inside of every single one of us is this big white mountain. And it's it's like marble. It's it's hard, it's unbreakable. And that white mountain is trust. And if we we have that trust in us and it's we can always come back to it it's like a citadel in the middle of a city it's safe we can always come back to that white mountain and so that song give me the grace is about that give me the grace to trust whatever i'm going through now is for the greater good and that i'll be okay you said it's not under your name what is it published under mm-hmm. the brothers calling brothers <clears throat> excuse calling. me yeah, and there's a beautiful hand, beautiful song on there with the brothers calling, which I don't sing, but Ryan, who I've sung with, played with for years, sings, and it's called These Hands, and it was written by a Canadian called Dave Gunning, and I, I thought of that song this morning for your viewers, that These Hands, it's just beautiful. Are those songs also on your website, or do we have to just kind of look up the brothers calling? Yeah, the brothers calling have a website, and I have links to the brothers calling on my website. They also have a YouTube page or channel with um, with their songs on there, and you know, we I've always played with amazing musicians, and so we just try and create and share beautiful songs with phenomenal musicians playing on them, with the intent that there's some sort of experience for people, be it a healing experience or a growth experience or a celebration experience. What do you think inspires you about your NDE? I think the biggest inspiration I get from my NDE is that I exist without a body Hmm. and that one of the key pieces of that NDE experience was I was still myself. Like I didn't turn into some enlightened Buddha or something like that. I was myself. I, I was Ash Perro. 
And that ash para came with me and that astonished me. And so that's my biggest insight. And, you know, when if friends or family or, or acquaintances pass, I have sadness at their passing, but I also know that they still exist and that I can communicate with them. I can talk to them or I can, I can listen to them. So for example, a couple of days ago, there was a friend's wife passed away and I was able to check in with somebody that knew him well it was actually his previous wife. So he's had two wives pass away in the last eight years, which you know I felt really sorry for him. And still, there's still empathy there. But I was able to check in with his previous wife, who was a friend of mine, and she told me he's learning. He's learning self-love. That's what this process is for him to learn self-love. And, the, and for me, I was like, ah, oh, okay, okay. So that knowledge that we exist without a body, it's its like this little exploration that's just growing and growing and growing and adding value into my life. It sounds like you've become able to be a medium. Is that something that you've been able to do since your NDE? It's something I haven't really explored. And its I've, that person's the only person that I've ever tried to check in with. That I'm, oh, actually, I've done it with my daughter. Like my, my daughter, I was away for 10 days on a retreat and on the retreat I couldn't contact her. And I checked in. I was like, let's just have a conversation. How are you going, darling? And I'm, she said, I'm not very good. And I was like, oh, what's going on? And she said, I'm having trouble at school. And I said, what's, what's happening? She said, I'm having trouble with my friend. And I said, which friend? And she told me the friend's name. And I was like, okay, is there anything I can do for you? And she's like, no, we'll talk about it. We can talk about it when you come home. And so I came home and I said to her, do you know when I was away, I had this conversation with you, kind of like it was in my head. And this is what you told me. And she started crying and said, that's true. That's exactly what's happening. And it's a great question. I haven't explored it really. Like it's, it's kind of sat there, but I haven't explored it. That's amazing. Maybe you connected like with her higher self or something. Yeah. Yeah. I, I believe that we, we do. And you now it's funny it's the way these questions leading. I used to be a Reiki practitioner and I used to do that all the time like check in with people's higher selves and, and have a conversation with them like I did with my daughter. And um, so maybe that's a good exploration for me. Thank you, right. Jeff. Yeah. Hey, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, maybe it sounds like you've got something going on there. Yeah. And, and, you know, I, I'm like, oh gosh, scares. You know, there's an <laughs> aspect of scary. What will this do to my life? <laughs> well, I thought, I think somewhere along our conversation today, you mentioned that you have to overcome fear and overcoming mm. fear. And that was either during this or before the podcast. So mm, mm, um, maybe mm. this is some kind of fear that you need to overcome. Well, you know, and this is the, the constant letting go, the constant, this is how I think my life should be. This is where the guidance is. And yeah, if I step into the guidance, things are amazing. If I resist, the suffering gets turned up. 
like what like, like what happened with my back the suffering got turned up and up and up because i was resisting and you know i was resisting living the life that i longed to live in a way I and mean, you know and with a partner that uh, the experience i wanted with a partner instead of conflict and and the things that were happening for us i longed for a loving beautiful relationship which is what i have now and the suffering got turned up because the universe was like come on move shift shift and i wouldn't shift and so i really feel that my nde was like hey you got to wake up and start doing things for you for yourself like like you've been wanting to or it's over how do you know that when you hear that voice in your head like telling you hey you shouldn't be going surfing today or whatever that mm-hmm. is just mm-hmm. is something that you should be really listening to or it's just kind of like chatter in your mind yes so the having the space and and like you know eating great food and and healthy eat like healthy eating healthy drinking nature meditation beautiful experiences loving human connections that creates less chatter but and sometimes it's just like this voice it's like you know like this voice that comes from somewhere else this is you know this is god speaking or whatever it might be this is a message for you we're running out of time so before we finish up here do you have one last positive message that you can share with everyone i think my biggest learning is that you know be yourself share yourself walk walk the planet from your heart give give to yourself and by giving to yourself you give to others that's a great message Mm. ash thank you so much for joining us and sharing with us your experience i really appreciate you i wish you the best and enjoy the rest of your day over there yeah thank you jeff it's um it's been a real honor to share this time with you thank you Thank you. Take care. Yeah, you too. Thank you. Thanks for watching the Jeff Mara podcast. I really appreciate you. Another way to show support is through YouTube memberships. And if you do, there are loyalty badges and other perks depending on your level of membership. All you need to do is click the join button underneath the video to find out more. Thank you for your support.